Hey, I'm Phil. Thanks for checking out this message today. We're glad you're here and we would love to get connected with you and your family. So one easy way that you can do that is to text River Connect to 97000. You can also visit our website at theriverchurch.cc to learn more about us and some upcoming events. Lastly, if you would like to give to the River Church today, you can text the amount that you want to give to 84321 or you can head to our website and click the Give tab at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. So, I have to be honest, I'm a little bit jealous of Patrick from last week, that he got the opportunity to open up this series. I was very excited about this series, I still am very excited about this series, but from what I've understood and what I've seen, he did a fantastic job kicking off this series uh, and, and taking a look at what we do before we give up, what we look to before we give up, and some circumstances in our life that get us to the point of when we're ready to give up, and then how we respond in the face of that. And so last week, Patrick did a great job taking a look at the life of Peter, and some of the mistakes that Peter made, and his response in the face of those things, right? And there was this question that was kind of asked is, what do we do when we sin? What do we do with sin when we sin? How do we respond? How do we handle it? How do we live in the face of times that we sin, that we mess up, that we make mistakes? And so this week, we're going to kind of follow a very similar trend and a very similar question. And, and to start off, I have the question for you. Have you ever doubted? Have you ever doubted? Have you ever doubted God? Have you ever questioned his plan or his purpose? Maybe in, in moments uh, where you're experiencing really difficult circumstances or difficult trials or very dark times in your life, have you ever questioned God? Have you ever doubted? And if you're like me, the answer is yes. Yes, you struggled with that. But for a lot of people, that's an uncomfortable thing to admit. So often, churches try and tell you, don't ever doubt. Don't ever doubt. Just have faith. And if you do doubt, don't say anything. Push it away or just, you know, just blindly accept that whatever's happening is going to happen. And when I look at scripture, I don't see that. I see people throughout scripture who doubted, who had times of intense struggle and intense questioning of what's going on in their circumstance, what's going on in their life, and how God is using that or what God is doing in the midst of that. And so the question we have tonight is, what do we do with doubt when we doubt? Not if we doubt. If you walk through your Christian life, if you walk through your recovery journey, you will experience it at some point. So what do we do with doubt when we doubt? But before we jump in tonight, let's pray. If you'd bow your heads with me. Lord, we come to you 
and we want to understand. Lord, we come to you and we want to understand what your word says. We want to understand what you have for us. We want to understand how to live to look the way that you have called us to look. Lord, I pray that tonight the gospel would shape us, the gospel would lead us, and that you would help us to rely on you in times of doubt. Lord, we love you in your precious name, Jesus' name, amen. So I want you to turn to the book of Habakkuk, all right? So you may be like, what? I didn't even know that was a book in the Bible. It's there, right? If you can't find it in your Bible, there's no shame in going to the table of contents. I've been to the table of contents plenty of times. And I'm giving you a second to get there. We got, we got some stuff we're going to talk about till we get there. But we're going to be jumping in to the book of Habakkuk. And like, like I said, you probably have never heard of this book. It's a very short book, and it's a very different book. And let me explain what I mean by that. So throughout the Old Testament, there are books of prophecy. And what prophecy is, is, is essentially what it is, is the Lord is using someone to communicate to his people what he has for them. And so what he'll do is he appoints a prophet, a person who's kind of supposed to be his spokesperson or his announcer. And so what he does is he, the Lord, he goes to this prophet and he says, here is what I want you to say. And then he tells them all these different things and they record it in the word and then they go and they read it to the people so that the people understand what the Lord is trying to tell them, whether he's warning them, whether he's telling them a direction that he wants them to go, whether he's foretelling something that's going to happen. And so there's this very like clear picture of what prophecy usually looks like in scripture, where it's God going to a prophet and the prophet going to the people. But Habakkuk is a book of prophecy and it does not follow that script. Instead, what it is, is the, the way that prophecy happens in the book of Habakkuk, you see this very intimate conversation that happens between Habakkuk, the prophet, and God. And there's this back and forth where Habakkuk goes to the Lord and he has some things that he wants to say, and then the Lord answers and then Habakkuk responds and asks more questions. And the Lord answers. And then the Lord says, hey, this is stuff that not just you are dealing with. Record this and share it to the people. Because this is my response. And to understand the context of the conversation, we have to look at what was going on during that period of time. And so Habakkuk was a prophet and he lived in Judah. And Judah was a small part of the larger nation of Israel. It was a couple of the tribes out of the 12 tribes of Israel. And so they had kind of separated themselves into a separate nation because they were trying to follow the Lord. And so there had been this period of time before Habakkuk where they were 
going back and forth between different kings. And so what happened is they'd have a good king that would lead them in the ways of the Lord. And then they'd have a bad king that would like basically undo all the good things. He would have them worshiping idols. He would have them making bad decisions. He would be cruel. He would be evil. And then you'd have a good king who would get rid of all the bad stuff and and lead them back to the Lord and, and, and lead them back to worshiping him and following his commands and being a just king. And so there's this period of time of going back and forth between good king, bad king, good king, bad king. And Habakkuk is in this time where they had just come out of this period of having a really great king, King Josiah. And King Josiah had come out of this period of darkness and times where the whole nation of Judah was worshiping evil evil things, evil idols, evil gods, false gods. And, and Josiah came and he got rid of all those things. He told him to put them all away and to worship the Lord. He was a very just king. He was a very good king. And Josiah was kind of revered by everyone. He was loved by everyone. Well, Josiah had a son and his son was not Great, but not a lot of people knew that. And so when Josiah, King Josiah died, they all voted to install his king or his his son as king. His name was Jehoiakim. I know that's a very fun name. Uh, I can spell it for you later. uh, So you can actually look it up because it doesn't sound how it reads. But he was a very bad king. And he basically, in the couple months before Habakkuk has this conversation with God, he had basically undone all the great things that his father had done. He brought back idol worship. He brought back injustice. He was wicked. There was violence. There was all this terrible stuff that was going on. And Habakkuk looks at this and he's like, what is going on? And so this is kind of the context or the historical uh, setting that we find this conversation. And it's very important that you understand that because it sheds light on what's at, what they're actually talking about in this conversation between Habakkuk and between God. And so we're going to pick up in Habakkuk 1 and we're going to start in verse 2. It says this. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear? Or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity? And why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. And if you continue to read, he, he continues to flesh out this idea because here's what's happening. He's got questions. Habakkuk's got questions. He looks around and he is doubting the plan of God. He says, I look, we just came out of this great period of time where people were serving the Lord and they were worshiping the Lord and there was justice and there was a good king reigning that was leading us in a, in a great direction. And now we have this evil king and in just a couple months, he's undone all that. And now there's violence and there's people betraying one another and there's wickedness and they're not turning to you, Lord. How long will you continue to sit and watch this? I don't get it. 
I don't understand. If I'm honest, I'm confused, I'm frustrated, and I'm hurt by having to sit here and see all of this mess around me. And maybe you look and you hear that and you go, amen, I'm in that boat. Man, I look at my life or I look at my family situation or I look at my friends and I see just hurt after hurt, trouble after trouble. I see them making bad decision from bad decision. Why? Or maybe in my own life, there's trouble after trouble, there's trial after trial, and I don't know what's going on, Lord. I'm doubting your plan. It doesn't make sense. Could you just make this easy? Can you just show up and help there to be writing on my bathroom mirror? I'd love if that was the solution to this. How long will you watch me struggle? See, there's this doubt here. If you've never felt that, you will. I'm telling you, you will. And that's not a bad thing. Because here's the thing. Doubt produces great faith. When you respond the right way. Because here's the thing. A lot of times we respond to doubt in not great ways. Like I said, we try and push it away. We try to ignore it. We're like, let's keep that compartmentalized. Or we sit and we let that doubt fester because we don't want to talk about it. Because we think it makes us bad Christians. That God doesn't ever want us to doubt. Here's the thing. Habakkuk has the best response to doubt. The best response to doubt is to bring it to the Lord. And you may look at you like, what? The best response to your doubt, to the things you're struggling with, to the questions you have, is to bring those things to the Lord. You don't think the Lord knows the questions you have? You don't think the Lord sees the struggles that you're going through? You don't think he knows your thoughts? He does. So if you have these questions, ask him. Because if you try and answer them on your own, you're going to get the wrong answer. And I say that from experience. I've tried to answer the questions on my own because I was embarrassed that I had these questions in the first place. But we see right here in scripture, the way that he responds is he goes to the Lord and they're very difficult questions and they can be very uncomfortable questions, but he asks the Lord, he says, I don't understand. And the thing that I love is he doesn't do this in a self-righteous way. He does this in a genuine way, trying to understand, Lord, what is happening? Why do I sit here? How long do I have to wait? So as you have questions, bring them to the Lord. There's been times in my prayer life where I've sat before the Lord and I've asked him question after question. I said, Lord, I don't understand. Why is this happening? Why am I here? That's okay. He is a Lord that loves and sees us. He gave you prayer not to just recite meaningless words, but to talk to him. To engage with him. 
to ask him questions, to find answers. He gives you his word, not for you to just read or skim through or spark notes, but for you to look and find truth, to find understanding, to bring the questions that you have to his word and understand how he's leading you. And the Lord responds to Habakkuk in this question. He says this, skip down to verse five. Look among the nations and see, wonder and be astounded for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if I told. For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans that bitter and hasty nation who marched through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings not their own. The Lord responds, and he doesn't condemn his questions. He answers them. He says, hey, actually, what's about to happen is Judah's going to be punished. I'm raising up this nation to be strong and powerful so they can come in and they can conquer and they can take your homes, and they will bring you into captivity. He says, judgment is coming. That's the answer you're about to get. And I can imagine Habakkuk being like, what? What? Like, that's not the answer I was looking for, God. Right? That isn't what I had in mind at all. I had in mind, like, a new king, like uh, like a good king, like, Josiah again. Like maybe you could bring in, you know, the Chaldeans to like install a new king and then like leave. God says, no, 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 no. Judgment is coming. Because what God is trying to show and what God's plan is, is he's going to address the real problem at hand. He says, You think that this whole like bad king is like one instance, but this has been like an ongoing thing. Like this is not a king problem. This is a heart problem of the people. Haven't you seen the pattern? Like they'll have a bad king and they'll completely abandon everything that I've given them. They'll follow what's in front of them. They'll worship idols. They'll seek injustice. They'll be wicked. They'll murder. They'll be violence. There'll be all this terrible stuff. And then again, good king will be there and they'll blindly follow him. And they'll do all the things that they're supposed to do. And then the second another bad king is there, they go back to the bad stuff all over again. He goes, it's not about the king. It's about the people. The people's hearts are not committed to me. They're committed to to what's convenient, to what's in front of them. Sound like anyone you know? Sounds like me, if I'm honest, a lot of times. He says, there is a deeper problem. You're looking for a very minute solution. I'm going to fix what's wrong. Here's the truth in what the Lord is saying. The Lord may not answer us in the way that we want, but will answer in the way that's best. The Lord may not answer us in the way that we want, but will answer us in the way that's 
best. That's a very catchy line, but it's a very not fun line, if I'm honest. Right? Like, I want the Lord to answer me in the way that I think is best, in the way that I want, in the way that's convenient for me. But that's not what's best. Right? When a kid comes and he asks you for brownies right before dinner, the answer he wants is, by all means, here's a pan. But that's not what's best, right? What's best is no. You're about to eat dinner that's good for you and that will give you energy and strength and probably has more than just sugar in it. God knows what you need better than you do. Let me say that again for the people in the back. God knows what you need better than you do. And until you can truly accept that truth, you will be exactly like Judah. You'll keep going to the things that are right in front of you that are easy and convenient. How do you think you got in the situation that you're in? That's how we as addicts get into that situation because we see something that's easy and convenient. It's more easy than our current situation. It's more easy than uh, resisting. It's more easy than dealing with hurt. It's easy and convenient and right in front of us. But the Lord says, there's something bigger you need to deal with. So you may be looking and you may be praying so fervently over this one singular issue that you want resolved or that you think is the biggest thing in your life. And the Lord says, yes, that's an issue, but we'll get to that. There's something else that is way bigger an issue. You may be praying over, you know, this current situation or this current hardship that you're dealing with or maybe a person that's deal- that you're dealing with that is incredibly frustrating and the Lord's saying, your heart is a wreck. There may be blatant sin in your life that he's like, hey, let's deal with this and then we'll move on to that. We don't like that answer because we want to deal with this. But he says, You're never actually going to be able to deal with this till you deal with what I'm showing you. This is the first step. And that is so true in our recovery journey. Right? We we just want to immediately move to like, I got a million days. Lord says, yeah, you could have a million days clean and still be a dry drunk. You're still going to be miserable. You're still going to fill in whatever that addiction is with a new one. Which may not be as obvious. And we can go through example after example after example, but the truth is the Lord may not answer you in the way that you want, but will answer you in the way that's best. But here's the thing Habakkuk still has questions. Turn with me to, or skip down to verse 13. It says this You who are of pure eyes than to see evil and cannot look at wrong. Why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked shows up the man more righteous than he? He looks in, he says, I still don't get it. And you know where I find comfort in this? Your doubts are not going to be resolved immediately. And that's okay. Your questions may still linger. You may see God's answers and it may take you a time or two to figure it out. 
That's okay. Here's God's chosen prophet, and he's still wrestling with how to figure it out. But the thing is, he is still going back to the Lord. Do not grow tired of bringing your questions and your doubts to the Lord, because he will answer. But what we see here is a beautiful response that Habakkuk has to his own doubts. We see really the heart behind his, his motivation to ask the Lord these things. Go to chapter 2, verse 1. He, said, he continues by saying this, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me. And I will answer my concerning, or and I and what I will answer concerning my complaint. Right? What he says is, he says, I'm gonna stand here, Lord, and I still have these complaints. I still feel this doubt and I still ask these questions, but I'm gonna stand here and I will wait patiently for your response. Because I know you will respond. And I love the imagery that he uses here of like standing on a watch post or stationing himself on a tower. I imagine, right, this guy who's just hurting and confused and doubting and he's standing on this tower and he's looking over this beautiful landscape as the sun rises and he's waiting to see the sun. He's waiting to see the Lord's answer, the Lord's reply. He's waiting to see what the Lord will bring that will resolve the darkness all around. And though this is such a beautiful picture, it is beautifully difficult. It is so difficult to sit and wait Man, He's, he, he has this beautiful response, right? Lord, I don't know what you're doing, but I will trust that as I question, you will reveal this truth to me. I will wait, I will stand, I will remain watching what you do. And I trust that even though I don't get it, even though I still have questions, even though this may not make sense, that you are working and eventually I will see what you have. And that's so hard because it takes patience, it takes trust. Two things that we struggle with immensely, that I struggle with immensely. But what he's saying is, Lord, I bring my worry to you. I bring my fear. I bring my doubt. I bring my frustration to you. He, he doesn't push it away. He doesn't set it aside. He doesn't ignore it. He doesn't let it fester. He brings it. But then he says, and I will trust the answers that you lay before me whenever they show up. Help me see. Help me see. Help me understand. That's the same call that the Lord is issuing to you tonight. Bring your worry, bring your fear, bring your anxiety, bring your frustration, bring your anger, bring your hurt to God. 
Don't push it away. Don't pretend like it's not there. Bring it to him. And then watch how he answers. And here's the thing. The Lord affirms that response in Habakkuk in the very next verses. He says this, and the Lord answered me. Right? This is Habakkuk writing. He's recording what the Lord says. He says, and the Lord answered me. Write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. He says, The answers are coming. They're going to be there. You will see it. Don't lose faith. Don't lose hope. Bring those questions and they will be answered. There are answers to your questions. Be patient. But I love here that the Lord never scolds him. Right? He never chastises him and says, He says, Habakkuk, why are you asking me these questions? He's going to say, I explained this in my first answer, Habakkuk. He reaffirms him. He says, I know you don't get it. You will. And actually, write it down, because there's more people that have questions. And as they come, they will. He says, don't hide it. I know your heart. But be patient. Be patient. Watch as I work. You will have answers in time to your doubts. For some of you, that is the response you need to hear tonight. And you look and you're like, man, that is not the response. I get it. That's not the response I want. I get it. You're like, man, that is difficult to hear. Yup. I've been there. The Lord grows great faith from your doubts. Rely on him. Be patient. He gives you great answers to your great questions. Ask them. Ask them. Tonight, I want to encourage you, if you are struggling with doubt, that's okay. Habakkuk was too. And he found his answers in the Lord. And if you look at the rest of this this book, we're not going to read it tonight. But if you read the rest of this book, you see that he uncovers answers as he goes. And then throughout the whole of the Old Testament and throughout the whole of Scripture, the Lord continues to answer his questions. So that we can see. Bring your doubts to the Lord and he will produce faith in you. Not by having you ignore them, but by answering them. And so tonight, if you're struggling with doubt, if you have been pushing off your doubts for a long time or you've been letting them fester for a long time, Tonight's the night to maybe bring those things to the Lord. And as you bring them to the Lord, maybe ask some of those questions to the people at your table group. The Lord uses people to answer us.
There are some incredible, incredibly wise leaders that you have. And they've, get, they've been given that wisdom from the Lord, from his word. So ask them. Or maybe bring them to the Lord in prayer. We're going to have table leaders down here who would love to pray with you, who would love to encourage you, who would love to support you and love you as you bring those doubts and lay them before the Lord, as you maybe ask him some difficult questions in prayer. You know what's comforting? They aren't difficult for him. He's got answers. Maybe you need encouragement tonight. You're feeling your doubt just crush you over and over and over again. The Lord will answer. And you have brothers and sisters in this room who will hold you up as you stand on the tower and wait. Who will bring you a hot bowl of food and who will sit beside you as you wait for the Lord's answer. Let tonight be an encouragement to you. Don't give up. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Go to the Lord and let him produce the faith in you. Let's pray tonight. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, that as we face times of doubt, Lord, that your word provides us with great answers. Lord, and we thank you for prayer. Lord, that you've given us an avenue to bring our doubts, bring our fears, bring our anxieties to you. Lord, I pray that tonight you would help some of my friends in this room have the strength to do that. Lord, I know it's hard. But Lord, I pray that you strengthen them. Lord, produce faith in us. We love you. In your precious and holy name, Jesus' name, amen.